Hello, brothers and sisters. This is the Solidarity Podcast from Teamsters Local 769. I'm Brian Besbiati, but everybody calls me Bez. We have a full episode of new content to share with you this month, featuring a UPS roundtable discussion with Teamsters Local 769 business agents and shop stewards, as well as news from our March general membership meeting. Let's knock out the usual spiel. Please rate and review our podcast on whichever platform you listen to the show on, and be sure to spread the word about the podcast. All of our members need this important information. And we can't say this enough. We'd love to hear your feedback and questions, so reach out to us on social media, email us at podcast at teamsterslocal769.org, or call our Solidarity Podcast voicemail line at 786-456-7936. Leave us a nice voicemail or ask a good question, and we may even use your audio in an upcoming episode. Let's begin with some news. On Tuesday, March 8th, ballots were counted in an organizing election that saw workers at Rider Supply Chain Solutions in Southwest Ranches successfully form their union. We welcome these strong workers to the Teamsters and stand in solidarity as they prepare to negotiate their first contract. On Thursday, March 17th, 2022, Teamsters Local 769 held our monthly general membership meeting in our Miami Hall. During the meeting, President Josh Zivilich asked Annie Mattis to give us an update on what transpired in Tallahassee towards the end of the legislative session. Let's have a listen. With regard to old business, I'd like to ask if I can put you on the spot, Andy. Would you speak to the, what, what happened in Tallahassee recently? I wanna, and I want to thank uh, Andy and Chuck Tomey and Steve Myers and David Renshaw, Javier Diaz, Al Diaz. We, we had a presence up in Tallahassee for the state legislative session, of course, and we were able to beat back some of the worst bills. But again, labor was under attack. And, and I'll let Andy kind of speak to what all went on and, and how we were able to beat this back. So. Yeah, so there was a bill up in Tallahassee, which they've been trying to pass for the last 12 years. And the bill is progressively gotten a lot worse. This year, what they tried to do was pass a bill that in the public sector, which, you know, we have about a thousand members in our local and public sector, that they would no longer be allowed by law to have dues deducted from their salary. So the employer couldn't deduct dues and remit it back to the union. They wanted to make that illegal. And they wanted a 50% threshold for membership, which you would have to certify every year. They also wanted to change the card that members signed that said in bold letters, this is a right to work state and you do not have to join a union. We, you know, the Teamsters, the AFL-CIO and all the unions got together um, in this legislative session like they do every year. It's a really good program the AFL-CIO has and Josh has made sure that this local is a part of that unity table. And there was a lot of strategizing that went on to target certain legislators to kill this bill. It passed the House. They did it like with a week left. We thought the bill was pretty much dead. And then we thought it was going to come alive in the Senate. And it was at the Rules Committee. And fortunately for us, there were about four or five Republicans through the lobbying and through the phone calls, the uh, patch through calls that were made throughout the whole state from union members all over the state, teachers, construction workers, Teamsters. We got the message across. And five of the Republicans said, look, we don't want to hear this bill. This is a bad bill. You know, all the, you know, on the other side of the aisle, they were all against the bill. 
And the rules chair, who was a Republican, said it was a bad bill and she didn't want to hear it. And she never brought it to the rules committee. And so the bill was defeated. Fantastic. Good stuff. All right. and a lot of great work by David. Javier was up there with us, too, lobbying. And Chuck, so, you know, it's a good team that uh, went up there. And, you know, Josh and Roly and Steve, you know, knew how important it was that we were present. So thank well, you. And thank you, Andy. And, and when it appeared that it was going to uh, go back before the, the Senate and we didn't have anybody up there that week, Andy cleared his schedule and drove up and, and made sure that 769 had a presence. So uh, one of the good things about one of the, the bills that they did was to try to pass preemption. You, many of you have heard us talk about preemption bills where, for instance, we have the Miami-Dade County and the Broward County living wage ordinances. Those are something Andy and myself and, and uh, Eddie today were actually talking about. We're going to try to expand those and we're going to try to strengthen those. And if they had passed these preemption bills, they would have nullified them and made them illegal. Basically, where Tallahassee is going to tell Miami, you can't pass a living wage law. Okay, that's that's just garbage. All right. No, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're glad we beat it back, but we're gonna enter into a campaign to try to help specifically our uh, folks covered by the uh, Miami Dade living wage ordinance. Those folks make in the neighborhood of thirteen bucks an hour, right, Eddie? All right. That's hard. That that that's not a living wage in Miami, right? It's just not. All right. And we're going to enter into a campaign with some of our uh, other labor partners, at, you know, kind of a, a Miami needs a raise campaign. So we're actually, you know, it's good that we beat that back because it's time for us to go in a different direction and go on offense. So any, as we get this into this campaign, we're going to do it in both Dade and Broward County. And we'll certainly be relying on our members to make phone calls and to email their, their state legislators, their county commissioners. We're going to be looking for your help on it. And for those of you that helped us with beating back this legislation in Tallahassee, I appreciate it very much. We all do. Yes, we do. And we'll keep you posted if there are any further actions necessary to fight bad legislation, such as the nonsense we faced as of late. Additionally, at the recent meeting, members were told of a resolution passed by the e-board regarding the horrific events taking place in Ukraine. Again, here's Josh. I do want to mention something that was brought up today in our executive board meeting, and that was a, a resolution that we've passed at Local 769 with regard to the situation in Russia and the Ukraine. And I'm just going to read to you all the first two or three paragraphs of this, but I, I just want to give you a thumbnail of, of what we passed in our executive board today. Teamsters Local Union Number 769, Resolution on Standing with the People of Ukraine. Whereas Teamsters Local Union Number 769 joins with Teamsters Joint Council 75 in its condemnation of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and calls for an immediate end to the Russian military attacks on civilians and withdrawal of Russian troops. Whereas Teamsters Local Union Number 769 stands in solidarity with Ukrainian communities facing increasing violence and with the Ukrainian workers and families who are impacted by this war. Teamsters Local Union Number 769 stands in solidarity with Ukrainian unions who have struggled for decades to guarantee the right to organize and bargain collectively, to protect working people from precarious or informal work, and to fight climate change, gender-based violence, and harassment and employment discrimination against LGBTQ workers in corruption. Whereas Teamsters Local 769 encourages union members and all people of goodwill to participate in protests, prayer vigils, and other public events 
calling for an immediate end to the Russian military attacks and immediate withdrawal of Russian troops from Ukraine. You can read the entire text of it up here. I just want you all to know that whatever we can do as an organization, as little perhaps impact as it will have, we're going to do it. And at our joint council and on our health and welfare funds and retirement plans, uh, where we're trustees, we've directed our investment managers that any and all monies that we have invested in Russia to pull it out. Again, it's a drop in the bucket, but if everybody were to do this, it can be definitely impactful. So I do want the membership to know that we're all part of this world and it's uh, just awful what's going on over there. But let's hope that it comes to a peaceful resolution sometime soon, although obviously it's, um, it's pretty dire circumstances. The full resolution can be found at the link in the show notes. Some good news from the membership meeting. Steve Myers read a thank you letter written by a recipient of a Teamsters Local 769 scholarship. Here's more. We have a thank you letter. And the essay, too. Andy's going to have me read the essay, too. All right. Dear Teamsters... <laughs> 769, thank you so much for selecting me as a recipient for your scholarship. I am so appreciative of this opportunity you have provided with me with. I just completed my first semester at Florida State University, and I am enjoying my time there. I received a 4.0 GPA. I'm very involved in my sorority, and I got a job as a spin instructor. Thank cool. you for helping me with my college dreams and have them become a reality with gratitude. Amanda Abarca. Abarca. So this is her essay that she submitted to us with her scholarship application. It's not long, but it's, it's, it's worth the read. Amanda Abarca, Teamsters Local 769 Scholarship Essay. My father has been a proud Teamster Union member for over 33 years and a shop steward for over 20 years. He has always been so grateful towards this organization due to all it has provided him with. His involvement as a union member has positively affected his life and career which has allowed the rest of our family to have great opportunities. One way in which the union has helped my father and my family is through insurance it, it provided us. Growing up, I dealt with many health issues and hospital visits due to my asthma. As a kid, I never realized all this would cost money. As I've gotten older, I realized how lucky I was and still am to have such a strong insurance policy. I never had to worry about if money would be a factor preventing me from getting the treatment I needed. It brings me a lot of relief knowing that my family didn't have to worry as much about paying my bills, too, because of this insurance policy. This really helped prevent us from suffering from severe financial burdens. This has also allowed us to have routine doctor visits and to keep up with our basic health. All of my immediate family members have been able to have their respective health issues taken care of as well. Not everyone has health insurance especially as good as insurance policy like the union provides. So this has been such a benefit to our family. Insurance is something that a lot of people take for granted. It's so easy to forget about something when it isn't necessarily something you use every day. As I've grown up and met people from different backgrounds and home lives, I realize just how much of a privilege a good health insurance policy is. My father's involvement as a union member has also positively affected his life and career by providing a sense of job security. I grew up in a single-income household, so my father maintaining his job was really critical to my, for my family. The union guaranteed he could not be fired from his job without a proper hearing. 
It has also been really comforting to know that the union had every employee's backs in terms of wanting to see them succeed and maintain their jobs if they deserve to. Now that I'm in college and preparing to enter the workforce, I see what qualities I want to look for in my future employers. The way that the Teamsters Union treats its members is definitely a standard that I will be seeking. Another way in which being a member of the Teamsters Union has benefited my father's life and career is through it providing fair wages, which often led to above average pay compared to other careers in the industry. As I previously mentioned, my father's job was the sole source of income for my family. The pay was able to the pay he was able to receive through the union allowed my mother to stay home and raise my sister and me. I never had to worry about where my next meal was going to come from or if I was going to be able to afford the basic necessities. I'm really thankful for all the opportunities I have been faced with throughout my childhood and now into adulthood. As I am now attending Florida State University, I realize how lucky and privileged I am. Not everyone has the opportunity to attend college, much less a university ranked in the top 20 public schools in America. This is definitely going to be costly for my family, but I am so grateful that they are allowing me to further my education at FSU. I thought it was pretty nice. Very nice. Good kid, raised right. Look for details on how your child can apply for the 2022 Teamsters Local 769 Scholarship in the coming months. Stick around, we'll be right back. Hey Teamster members, are you aware of all the benefits of your Teamster membership? Your Teamster privilege entitles you to members-only savings on everything from renting a car to sending a bouquet of flowers. All U.S. Teamster members and their immediate families are eligible to receive savings on legal services, entertainment discounts, car and truck rental discounts, credit counseling, flower and gift basket discounts, and interstate moving discounts. For more information on these and other benefits to your Teamster membership, visit TeamstersLocal769.org solidarity and click on the Benefits tab on the right side of the page. We're joined right now immediately following a grievance coordinator meeting where we strategized for uh, the coming year and we brought together grievance coordinators from all the major buildings throughout 769's jurisdiction. And let's go around the table and introduce to everybody here. But let's start out with the, uh, the two agents in the room, the three agents in the room covering UPS. And so let's start out to my left. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Mike Cortez. Keith Pascalis. <laughs> 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 that was good. That was good. Yeah, good afternoon, Chuck Tomey. All right, all right. And then let's uh, let's pick up around on the left side again and start out with uh, the coordinator out of the West Palm Beach building. Good afternoon, Brian. It's Dan Allen. All right. Deerfield. Good afternoon. Out of Deerfield, Percio Diaz. Good afternoon. This is Dennis Napolitano out of Miami. Hello, everybody. It's Pop Drekel out of West Palm. Good afternoon. It's Sean Bryson out of Hialeah. Great. So, uh... We were kicking around a lot of different ideas or topics at today's meeting, but one of them that stuck out was uh, seniority and issues with 22-4s, 22-3s, change of operations, change of classification, and uh, maybe we'll have Keith Pascalis start off since he had the topic at today's meeting and give us a little background on, on what was discussed. Thank you, Brian. 
this is Keith uh, again. Uh, represent the buildings from uh, Deerfield, well, actually Fort Lauderdale to uh, West Palm at this particular time. Was a feeder driver for many years in in, uh, in Hialeah and a package driver in Miami. We discussed seniority classifications and dates. Uh, the UPS system has some issues keeping track of correct dates and where they belong on the seniority list. You know, we brought up there was a higher date that shows when everybody was hired. Then there's probably a part-time date if that's the route you go. Then uh, you could have a full-time date with your first full-time job at UPS. And then after that, if you change classifications, if you go from a package driver to a feeder driver, you would get a new classification date. And uh, therefore, the rest of your career, you could change classifications multiple times. And each time you do, you will have a new classification date. Those are some of the topics we discussed. Right. And then... Dennis mentioned that, that HR management isn't always giving the members the correct information. Yes, Brian. Uh, as a matter of fact, that you mentioned HR, then they've eliminated most of the HR, and we've really have a, a new system in place. I, I guess they've hired a, a workday kind of application, which doesn't always sync up with what UPS actually has on paper. So. If anybody else is out there listening, always check your seniority dates. Um, be aware of that when you're when you're made full time, or, or even as your part time. Always keep in mind your seniority dates. I'm trying to think, uh, uh, has somebody else had issues at their building that you know revolve around this topic? As far as uh, guys have had trouble, or, or or maybe not paid attention to things that they were supposed to pay attention to, and then later on find out the hard way that things aren't all how they expected them to be. Okay, this is Persidias out of Deerfield, and something that was touched on today in the meeting was about the transfer employees. When you see a part-time employee that's transferred from, say, whatever state it is, uh, Texas or New Jersey or whatever, everybody needs to be aware of what's going on with their seniority list and checking that they they go to the bottom of the seniority list, that they don't dovetail into the seniority list, because otherwise this employee will pass the other part-timers that are being at that building for a longer time superior, and they won't they won't have an opportunity to uh, attain a job in front of this this uh, employee that transferred from a different from a different uh, building or state. We're also having change of operations throughout South Florida, with regards to a lot a lot of buildings are feeding into the new Miami Gardens facility. Mike Cortez, maybe you could speak about how the seniority works when moving from another building. Thanks, Brian, it's Mike. And with that said, that uh, people going into a new facility, they retain their current uh, seniority and it just dovetails in. So with that said, you could be moved up from the middle of the pack all the way up to the top. It all is based on your date that you got hired with UPS and your classification date. What we're trying to make sure happens is people going to the new facility, we know who's going, we know how many are going, what routes are going, et cetera. And there's contractual language to that effect that the company's got to let us know 45 days in advance before any permanent move, any permanent change of operations, who's going and, and where and when. So uh, we're having an issue with the actual seniority dates given to any new hires or newly promoted 
full-time employees, which includes 22-4s and RPCDs. So it's important that you know your date going over because uh, UPS is working with a system called Workday, and Workday is not always correct. It's a system that they bought from an outside vendor to do their HR uh, paperwork, and they've been having trouble with it for since the inception of Workday. It's been a problem, guys. So we're asking our folks to keep an eye on their own personal date, and uh, especially you'll have somebody that was a TCD, and they say, guess what? Today you're an RPCD or even a 22-4, and you're at the TCD rate of pay. So you won't notice any issue until maybe the fourth year when you're progressing through your pay rate that there's a problem with your seniority date because there's no pay differential as a qualified TCD going into a full-time position. So you won't notice a change until you're expecting your raise on, for example, May 1st is your seniority date, but it doesn't happen till sometime after that, and now you want to know why. Because there could be a mistake in the seniority list that's, we can't call it on purpose, but we don't know why it's happening. So if you do get moved, you should always check your seniority date to make sure it coincides with what you believe it should be. And you do have the right under the contract to protest that seniority date. And you have 30 days from the day that that post, that seniority list comes out. So it would be advisable to keep your eye on it because we're telling you as your agents, as your local union, there's a problem with seniority dates because of the system UPS is now utilizing. Right. Thanks, Brian. Right. So so what we're saying here is this new software Workday that UPS is trying to uh, plug a square peg into a round hole. It might work at some companies and how their seniority system functions, but it isn't perfectly crafted to work with our contract and how seniority is traditionally worked here at UPS. That would be absolutely correct. Yes. Okay. Dan, did you have something to add? Uh, yes, I did, Brian. Thank you very much. Um, we had an instance in our particular building where we had two outside hires come in off the street. And as our six to one allows, what happened was the center manager placed these two outside hires directly into RPCD positions. Okay. Nobody really caught on to it. We're a pretty busy center. And we really do, we really do count on the eyes and the ears of our members. So it's important for you guys to let us know when you see things, these things happen. However, we just wanted to make you aware that we caught it. We fixed the problem that the outside hires are to become the lowest 22-4 drivers for the upgrades and to make sure you understand that. Good. Anybody else got anything, Sean? You want to talk about yeah, well, Hialeah a bit? I would say in Hialeah, you know, we lost a lot of um, drivers with the openings of the new buildings and the change of ops. And what affected our building was we had some centers that absorbed some of the routes. So we had drivers within the same building being dovetailed in. So we encountered, you know, a couple guys had the same exact date, part-time date, same classification date. So we had to do a coin flip to see who would prevail in seniority because we're going through the bidding process now. Everybody knows if you're a package car driver, you're, we're bidding the, the routes. So that's important. But what I would stress is everybody needs to look at the seniority list. It comes out every quarter and look at where they're at and make sure they're in the right spot and make sure there's no discrepancies with who's above them and who's below them 
learn your seniority list, learn where you're supposed to be. And, you know, if everybody takes care cares of themselves, because if, if I don't know or we don't know, we can't solve your problem. So if you're looking for those types of issues, it's not a good thing to come back three years later and say, hey, my seniority date is wrong. Then it gets real complicated digging up old lists and stuff like that. So it's important, especially now with all these change of ops going on, is everybody being on top of where their seniority is and how they dovetailed in to the new operation. Seniority reigns supreme. Bob, you wanted to speak about educating new members. Yeah, as far as, far as educating the new members, it's it's. I think it's imperative that we uh, educate them in a way where when it comes to the pool bids and it comes to the quarterly bids, making sure that uh, your your seniority dates are correct and and you know moving forward and stuff like that it all comes down to educating these guys and getting them to understand that this is one of the most important things that we have right unfortunately that when someone's not paying attention this all of a sudden becomes a problem when they notice and it's a big problem were there any other issues that were were talked about at today's meeting that that you guys feel were important for the members to know and be aware of that are going on yeah this is keith pascalski and i Along the same lines, what we just talked about, it's very important to monitor the seniority list. They're posted once a quarter. Get with your steward. There's issues. Report it as soon as possible. Uh, that's the best way to uh, take care of the, these problems with, uh, with the seniority dates. We, one of the other things I know we talked about today was the importance of the upcoming contract and how everybody's participation in the process is vital. Mike, do you want to add a little bit about that? and? Thanks, Brian. And, and basically, we make sure that we have your correct address. Because over the in the past, your ballot to get involved and to vote on the contract usually came by mail. So if you've moved in the last 100 years, make sure that you've notified the local union that you have moved so we can make sure that the IBT in Washington has your correct mailing address because they will be the ones sending you your application to vote in your contract. Great. A couple of the ways they can do that is by downloading their smartphone app. When you do so, you're asked to update your address. And you can also visit our website, where under the member section of the website, where there's forms, you will find a change of address form, and you can submit your address change online as well. Anything you have to add, Chuck? You've been quiet. See if I can join in, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Uh, been away from UPS for over five years now, so... Uh... Recently assigned to the northern end, the uh, Vero, Fort Pierce, and Stewart building, so I'm looking forward to that. Right now, I'm just getting up to speed with the, the new dynamics of what's going on with the Saturday deliveries, the 22-4s, over 9-5 issues, the, the eight hours. So uh, with the pandemic and all the business and the six days and the 22-4s, we've got a lot of things to iron out, but enjoying the task, and uh, I'm sure we'll get it ironed out. All right. Anybody else want to throw anything out there? Or? I think I would add if, um, you know, we touched on that the fact that it is a contract year coming up and how important it is to make sure you have the right address, but also how important it is to vote on your contract. This is your chance to have a voice in your, you know, your future. And nothing affects you more directly than your place where you work. This is how you feed your family. Yeah. You know, and so don't take it for granted that, you know, ah, somebody else is going to vote for me. No, vote. Vote on your contract. When you get the language, get involved. 
you know, if you see issues with the contract, come to the proposal meetings, propose what the changes you think you should see in the contract or what you would like to get fixed in the contract. You know, this is your chance to have a voice. You know, not everybody's active and a steward, and I get that. And everybody doesn't have to be, but everybody should at least take the effort to vote on their contract and make it important for them because it is important. Sure. And you touched upon something else there as far as getting involved early, because there's nothing worse than waiting till the end of the process. You see the contract and and that doesn't include what you had hoped it would include, but you didn't speak up along the way when there was the opportunity to get that or to address that. So get involved early and, and come to the proposal meetings. and, and Exactly. And then the, the other thing is it's a collective bargaining agreement. So you're not going to get everything you want, you know, it's, but, you know, if there's something that, you know, helps you or, or something that you're really passionate about, maybe it doesn't get added this time, but maybe next time it does. But it's important to understand that this is, you know, a process that's is collectively to benefit everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and where you may not get the specific language you want or the specific item, you have to take the contract as a whole when you make your decision. What yeah. is important is for uh, the members uh, out there to start thinking about what proposals they want to they want to make. You know what's yeah. important to them. Not pay for health insurance. Continue to not do that. For our uh, retirement to be just for us to still have that language in there about UPS guaranteeing our pension, even though it's been, even though it's been fixed. You know mm-hmm. uh, that will be important, but. For the members to start thinking about what proposals they wanna they wanna bring up to yep. the table, and attend the uh, proposal meetings. Absolutely. Thanks for attending. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for all your input and and all the hard work you guys do. You know, representing the members. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> bunch, wow. bunch of comedians. Should hear that. Special thanks this month goes to Keith Pascalis, Mike Cortez, and Chuck Tomey. And to all the UPS stewards who joined us for our roundtable discussion, including Dan Allen, Percio Diaz, Dennis Napolitano, Bob Greckel, and Sean Bryson. As always, Teamsters Local 769 Solidarity Podcast is produced by the officers and staff of Local 769, including Josh Zivilich, Roly Pena, and Steve Myers. With contributions by Local 769 business agents and by me. Brian Desbiak. We encourage you to visit our website at teamsterslocal769.org slash solidarity. There you will find show notes and additional info as well as links to our social media pages. You can also email us at podcast at teamsterslocal769.org or you can leave us a voicemail at 786-456-7936. If you leave us a message we can use, we may include your comment or answer your question in an upcoming episode. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find podcasts, and we encourage you to tell your sisters and brothers about the show as well. Our theme song, The Vendetta, was composed by Stefan Kartenberg, and additional music titled Onion Capers by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com were used in this episode. Both licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License. Until next time, remember, in unity there is strength. Bye, folks.